Welcome to the Minor and Landis Immigration Update podcast for June 6th, 2021. This week, we explore a rather disturbing, unnerving, and puzzling development in the battle against COVID-19. Yes, I know, you are beyond tired of hearing about this, as are we. But the crisis is not quite over yet, and there are some policies being put into place, supposedly in an effort to keep people safe, that simply make no sense. On April 30th, 2021, President Biden issued a presidential proclamation, number 10199, that added the Republic of India to the long list of countries from which we are suspending the entry of immigrants and non-immigrants, with certain exceptions, who pose a risk of transmitting COVID-19. Now, this is an addition to the original proclamation issued January 25, 2021, which covered 33 countries. Like the original proclamation, this new proclamation suspends entry into the United States of non-immigrants and non-citizens who were physically present within a laundry list of previously banned countries, but now including India, during the 14-day period preceding their entry or attempted entry into the United States. The administration's justification for these regional travel bans of those who were physically present in one of these 33 countries was to, quote, implement science-based public health measures across all areas of the federal government to prevent further spread of, end quote, COVID-19. Although these regional entry bans claim to be based in science, such claims would appear to be, at best, disingenuous. The regional travel bans do not prohibit all travelers from entering or returning to the United States, even if they have been present in one of the 33 listed countries during the 14-day period prior to their entry. In fact, these travel bans have quite a few exceptions. For instance, It does not apply to U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents, foreign diplomats traveling to the United States on A or G visas, certain family members of U.S. citizens or lawful permanent residents, including spouses, minor children, parents, provided that his or her U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident child is unmarried and under the age of 21, and siblings, provided that both the sibling and the U.S. citizen or lawful permanent resident are unmarried and under the age of 21. And finally, air and sea crew traveling to the United States on C, D, or C1-D visas. Now, that's a lot of exceptions. And these individuals can travel to any of the 33 countries and then still enter the U.S. without any additional requirements beyond having a negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours of their flight to the U.S. Individuals who do not fall within these exceptions, such as F1 students and H1B, L1A, L1B, O1A, and O1B employment-based visa applicants must first secure an emergency appointment at a U.S. embassy, most of which are operating with a highly restrictive schedule and staff at this time, and then apply for a national interest exception, an NIE, which states that the travel ban does not apply because they are entering the United States to provide vital support or executive direction for critical infrastructure or significant economic activities in the United States. As any immigration professional can tell you, obtaining an NIE is challenging, especially now, as each embassy seems to have different standards as to what type of work meets this threshold. 
Moreover, an NIE is only valid for 30 days and one entry. If an individual must return to one of the 33 countries after receiving an NIE, they will have to apply again for a new NIE. If we have learned anything about the COVID-19 pandemic in the past 12 plus months, it is that this disease does not discriminatorily infect people based on their country of citizenship, country of origin, or U.S. immigration status. The science has shown that individuals are susceptible to COVID-19 infections, whether they are U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents and diplomats, or F1, H1B, L1, or O1 visa holders. U.S. citizens are just as likely as any immigrant or non-immigrant to become infected with COVID-19 and transmit the disease to others in the United States. So I think by now you can see the point of this editorial coming, right? Permitting U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents and their immediate family members, diplomats, sea and air crew members to travel to one of these 33 countries and return to the United States while prohibiting the entry of other immigrants and non-immigrants will not prevent the further spread of COVID-19 or any of its variants. These travel bans are not based on science. Currently, this is what the science has told us. The COVID-19 vaccination rate throughout the world is increasing in many countries, but lagging severely in others. In the U.S., approximately 41% of the adult population is fully vaccinated, while in the U.K., approximately 39% of adults are fully vaccinated. The vaccination rate is increasing steadily in Europe such that on May 19th, the European Union announced that it is opening its borders to vaccinated Americans and others for summer travel. The CDC no longer requires international travelers who are fully vaccinated and come to the United States to quarantine. In order to enter the U.S., all travelers, regardless of immigration status, must prevent a negative COVID-19 test within three days prior to their flight. So if an international traveler is fully vaccinated and can present a negative COVID-19 test prior to their flight to the United States, why are we prohibiting such individuals from entering the country? On what basis are these decisions about who to exclude and who to allow really being made? Many of the individuals currently barred from entering the United States in H-1B status, L-1 status, and O-1 status are highly educated professionals highly skilled multinational managers, executives, and specialized knowledge employees, and business people of extraordinary ability. The vast majority of these foreign nationals provide essential services to their U.S. employees that result in the generation of millions of dollars in revenues, which in turn creates jobs, opportunities, and services for our nation and communities. It is difficult to understand how an H-1B professional from the United Kingdom poses a greater risk of transmitting the COVID-19 infection than a diplomat from the United Kingdom, both of whom are required to present negative COVID-19 tests prior to boarding a flight to the United States. These travel bans are creating significant hardships for U.S. employers and their employees, and they are not scientifically based. Clearly, a person's immigration status is not one of the underlying conditions defined by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention that would make a person more susceptible to acquiring and transmitting a COVID-19 infection.
Accordingly, in our estimation, the Biden administration should rescind these regional travel bans and develop a science-based system to help curb the spread of COVID-19. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer. The information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization. Having trouble keeping up with the ever-changing landscape of immigration law? Save time and effort with the Minor and Landis Immigration Update Podcast. Each week, we scan the news feeds to find topical issues important for busy immigration professionals and produce a 5-10 to minute podcast that you can download easily and listen to while making breakfast, riding the train, or taking the kids to school. Subscribe now and stay up to date with Minor and Landis. For access to more articles and information, please go to www.minor.com. That's M-E-Y-N-E-R.com.